Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Security Token Show, episode 132. I'm your host, Kyle Sondland, joined by my co-host, Herwig Konings. We're here in Miami, Florida, and we're talking about blockchain-based digital assets, investments, real estate, equity, anything that you could invest in and participate in in the digital ecosystem. We're covering it here on the Security Token Show. And before we dive into this week's episode, I did want to shout out our sponsor, which this week is Fusang. Fusong is Asia's first fully licensed and regulated digital asset ecosystem for security tokens and assets with the vision of making it as easy to invest in the company as it is to buy products online. They are disintermediating capital raising processes across all asset classes, which unlocks value by fractionalizing investments into bite-sized pieces using the power of the blockchain. So shout out to Fusong, who not only is launching an exchange and a platform to do this, but they also completed their own IPO via a security token that they've offered to the public. So congratulations to all their success. Thanks again, Fusong. Thank you, Fusong. The reason this show is possible is thanks to our sponsors and congratulations on that self-IPO there, if you will. And we've got a great show lined up for you today. The latest industry news, the latest security token offerings, what's happening in the markets, what's happening in the metaverse, and a great educational main topic today, Kyle. We got Web3 real estate mm. and security tokens. It's going to be a good one. But of course, first, we got to get into the top five. And our top five kicks off with number one, Coinbase. This time, not for some good news. They've been caught in the news because a class action lawsuit is suing them for unregistered violations of security sales. In this case, referring to 79 different tokens listed on their marketplace. This ranges from BAT to Dogecoin to Poly to Algorand, Solana, and many other big tokens Mm. that are traded quite frequently, including XRP, which is actually not able to trade on their platform. So clearly this uh, lawsuit is going far and wide, going through entire catalog, let's say, of Coinbase, and we're gonna see potentially some damning results. Yeah, Coinbase has been getting really investigated from head to toe between investigating the platform in which they're providing these, these assets on to the financial services like the Coinbase Earn product that was served at Wells Notice. They certainly have had their fair share of regulatory scrutiny. Moving into number two, we have the Board Ape Coin. You may be familiar with the Board Ape Yacht Club, the NFT collection, one of the largest, if not the largest in the entire industry. It's those cartoon ape images. You may have seen them before. We've covered on the show before how potentially they could be securities, but they've also done something pretty interesting this week, which is they've done an airdrop, which means that anyone that holds a board ape, anyone that has one of these NFTs in their wallet was eligible to receive a cryptocurrency backed by those, those pieces of ape, of coin. ape coin. Exactly. This is going to be used as a transactional currency inside of the board ape's proprietary metaverse that they're building. So they're building a virtual world, a virtual economy with which you will use these tokens 
created by Yuga Labs. This is the the company that built the Board Ape collection, but they actually formed the ApeCoin DAO, which governs this token distribution. So they're estimating four hundred and fifty million dollars in revenue this year through the Board Ape collection and some land sales inside of the metaverse. This company is flying. But again, this starts to bring up some of these questions around distributing dividends, or is this a token? How do all the things get classified? It's worth noting that the Ape DAO they set up, they distanced themselves from. There are no Yuga Lab executives on this DAO that controls the governance around this token. Moving on to number three, we've got the XRP case update here. We've got motions updates from the courts. Here we go. Both the SEC and Ripple suffered a loss. Which one was bigger, though? In this case, it might be the SEC. They were, in fact, trying to dismiss the idea that there was a fair notice defense capable by XRP, by Ripple Labs, saying that, hey, you didn't give us enough warning that this was actually a security, uh, and therefore we were in violation of something. And they tried to dismiss that, the SEC, and of course, now the judge has said, no, that's a possible argument that Ripple can use, a big win for them. But... And meanwhile, the Ripple, uh, specifically its CEO and the founders, have been trying to protect themselves and get rid of the case altogether. In fact, this the judge also did not give them. Uh, in fact, they will have to continue with their trial, which means they still can fall for violations within securities laws. We're just going to have to see this play out now. We've covered this many times on the show. We got to give you the updates. So we're still in that stalemate, but progress is happening. Number four, some SEC updates. So recently, just over the last week, one of the five SEC commissioners, Allison Lee, has officially announced that she will be leaving the SEC commission after they figure out who the the new successor will be. And this is pretty big news. Not only does it mean that one of the five is stepping down, But if you remember we covered in January, there actually is already a vacancy on the SEC chair. That's right. Elad Roysman stepped down in January. That seat has not been filled. So now Gary Gensler has two open spots on his commission, whether he chooses them or some other regulatory body does, I'm not totally sure. But it does spell that there's some trepidation amongst the waters here that some of the commissioners are leaving their posts. So it'll be fascinating to see who gets filled in there. If it's maybe somebody that's maybe forward thinking on digital assets to compliment Hester Pierce, who's been very outspoken around this industry, it could be super beneficial for the industry. On the other side, if it's somebody that's skeptical of the digital asset ecosystem, we could see even harsher penalties than what have been given out so far. We'll have to see this play out. We certainly know that uh, the chair, Gary Gensler, is trying to go ahead and govern and regulate the cryptocurrency industry very actively. So we'll see if this is to his He's advantage. He's got his plate full. Now, moving into number five, you got to know a little self-promotion here. We have released a report with Cointelegraph, the first ever real estate tokenization report. It's full coverage of the entire industry. You got to have it if you're interested in buying some security tokens. Our team, uh, Anish Shinkra and Peter Gaffney, both from Security Token Market and Security Token Advisors, collaborated with our entire team to actually make this 33-page report. And got Kyle, I got to say, I think it's gold. Folks, this is tens of hours. Of work. This is hand wringing data on blockchains across brokers, collecting all the information in the world. It's a premium report. It's priced that way. I got to be honest, but look, this is the number one resource you could possibly find on tokenized real estate, both primary offerings and secondary market. This is gold. So it will be worth your dollar. It's worth your spend. Check it out if you're interested. Now there is more news to get. So with that, let's head over to John Pittman. 
Welcome back to my side of the blockchain. John Pittman here with Industry News. Let's get you started with a new partnership announced between Tokenize and Scribestar. So Tokenize is a global security token exchange used for a plethora of things such as capital raising, primary issuance, secondary trading, clearing, settlement, and registration of security tokens. And Scribestar is a capital markets tech company who has been using nearly 90 transactions. The idea here is that with Scribestar automation and streamlined workflows, issuers will save time and money. The CEO of Tokenize, Mike Kessler, stated that Scribestar brings in the experience of regulated public markets with a future-proof tech model. Working with them is a natural choice for Tokenize. Moving on, we have GlobalX announcing last week its engagement with the liquidity provider as a market maker for its newly launched digital assets ETPs. The plan is to provide liquidity from launch once GlobalX lists both its Bitcoin ETP and Ethereum ETP. The products issue provide cost-efficient investment strategies for investors seeking direct access to Bitcoin and Ethereum, but with the relative transparency and security of debt securities trading on a regulated stock exchange. Next up, we have two companies who both operate within the Algorand ecosystem partnered up to allow people to use crypto as collateral to buy as low as fractions of investment properties. The companies are both backed by Y Combinator and are called Algo and Lofty. Algo is a decentralized lending protocol and stablecoin built on the Algorand blockchain, and Lofty has positioned itself as one of the largest tokenized real estate marketplaces. There is an 80% collateral factor when you borrow the native cryptocurrency against your collateral, such as Ethereum or USDC meaning that for every $1 of principal you contribute, you can borrow up to 80 cents against it. It's a great opportunity for all the hollers out there because it gives them a more stable asset that allows them to hedge against crypto volatility while still building wealth. So apparently, eight members of Congress, as well as Congressional Blockchain Caucus, sent a rented letter to Gary Gensler's office centered around the ACC's treatment of crypto firms. The letter states that there has been a trend towards employing the division's investigative functions to gather information from unregulated cryptocurrency and blockchain industry participants in a manner inconsistent with the commission's standards for initiating investigations. Congressman Tom Enter from Minnesota, who is spearheading the initiative, sent out a tweet saying that his office has received numerous tips from crypto and blockchain firms that the SEC's chair's information reporting requests to the crypto community are overburdensome, are not voluntary, and are stifling innovation. But that's it for me on a Meg with the security token offering updates. And I will catch you tokenizers next week on the other side of the blockchain. Hello, tokenizers, and welcome back to STO Updates. Glad to have you back for another week of thrilling news in this blockchain space. First up, we have an update from Stobox, a turnkey tokenization provider focusing on another project, but this time in Southwest France. Willow's Retreat, a StoneGuard group project, is having a Stobox Box develop a digital securities dashboard for their exclusive five-star eco-resort in southwest France, helping it become fully tokenized. The initiative will be offering convertible debt for its investors, thanks to which the latter will be receiving a guaranteed income. Additionally, in three years, the investors will be able to convert debt tokens into equity or get the money back in case they won't be satisfied with the performance. The StoneGuard Group is a British company with a rich, evolving history dating back to 1966. StoneGuard's name has been synonymous with quality and craftsmanship in fields of restoration and conservation, working on many prestigious projects, including the Buckingham Palace, the Houses of Parliament, the Bank of England, the London Underground, as well as many more. Willow's Retreat is a Bespoke, designed, lifestyle, five-star living eco-resort with 34 luxury eco-holiday villas situated on 18 acres of meadow with an orchard, organic vegetable garden, all situated in prime holiday region located in southwest France. That's a cool project, but on to the next. I want to switch it up. I want to address the value of security tokens as we see this industry totally heat up. 
As we know, security tokens are actual financial securities like shares or equity in traditional assets, startups, venture funds, even real estate, really any tangible asset. So to begin, an excellent characteristic of security tokens is that they work with traditional markets in many ways. So AMC emerged as one of the main meme stocks of last year. We saw an army of retail investors buy shares of companies that were heavily shorted by hedge funds. So this makes the question arise, why would AMC tokenize? First off, it's time for a story. The meme stock run, which saw GameStop and AMC, among many others, increase their market cap by astronomical factors, was fueled by short squeezes. Short sellers would net short more shares than the entire float of many of these companies. As buying pressure began to increase, many had to cover their short position, which occurs when they buy back their short shares. This then sent the stock soaring to record highs while there were other factors at play, including gamma squeezes, restrictions put in place, and more. But let's just stick to the basics for now. Interestingly, this is not the first time that we've seen short sellers attack a stock. Introducing Overstock.com. They were the OG target. OSTK was targeted relentlessly by shorts, including Mark Cahodes. This will matter soon. But to fight back, Patrick Byrne, the CEO of Overstock, took matters into his own hands. While filing many lawsuits, which eventually resulted in prime brokers being exposed for their abuse of shorting, he had a master plan put in place to issue security tokens. At this time, Overstock's subsidiary, T0, was the only platform approved by the SEC and FINRA to deal in digital securities. While now controlled by Medici Ventures, this was Byrne's baby. So how would issuing a security token solve things, you're wondering? Overstock paid out its dividends not through a stock, but instead a digital security on the T0 platform. This move forced shorts to close their positions, thus quickly catapulting a $3 stock to over $120. So why did it make shorts cover? When issuing the dividend, it required every share to be counted. If there were half a billion shares in the market, but 2 billion shorted, how do you give out more security tokens than available? You simply cannot. The only option is to buy down the float back to the original outstanding number. During this experiment, Cahodes and Byrne made up. Cahodes went long overstock and now has an ownership stake in T0, the home of Overstock's digital security. Mark Cahodes is vying to team up with Adam, the CEO of AMC, to do the same thing. In theory, it would have the same effect on AMC stock. However, it's not as simple as that. AMC would have a tough time issuing dividends as Overstock did, given that they are operating at a net loss. Additionally, there are likely restrictive covenants that would forbid Aaron from issuing in the first place. But there is a solution. Adam Aaron could go to the debt holders and ask to waive the covenant, covenant to issue a special dividend. They would likely accept given that their intentions are aligned with those trying to keep AMC afloat. If this were to happen, we would see another short squeeze, maybe. It's certainly something to keep on your radar. But it is worthy to mention that theoretically token holders of AMC could have access to many other benefits that traditional um, finance does not offer. Will securities be responsible for the revitalization of AMC stock? I'm not sure, but if they wanted to pursue this, I know security token advisors could help them out. 
Hopefully this was a little bit of food for thought. I know it was a different topic, but I just want people to realize one of the value adds of a security token offering. But anyways, I will see you all back here next week, but let's send it over to our special guest, Jonah Shulman, for some market updates. Hello and happy Monday. My name is Jonah and we have an action-packed market update. This week closed higher as the total market cap of trading security tokens has settled at, get this, $4.238 billion. Not long ago, we were celebrating the 1 billion milestone. The gain is mostly thanks to one name in particular, one that you may have heard of about and surely hear a lot more about in the near future, and that name is Dignity Gold. If you remember, Dignity Gold, Dignity Gold Corp is a US-based digital security structured by backing a security token with gold reserves. They rely on security tokens to unlock new ways of investing in the United States, precious metals, mining, and mineral sector. The value is derived from the way it combines gold reserves backing the actual mining of the metals and the creation of complementary investment fund in which the token holders are subject to a profit sharing model. The DIG AU token started trading on CryptoSX on January 7th and they were not messing around. It opened at trading at a market cap of $2.52 billion and has since hovered in this area, consolidating as investors speculated on the future price action. That was until the executives at Dignity Gold announced big plans for their DIGAO token. This verified gold reserve backed security token will now be featured on a race car, a NASCAR race car, and not your average one either. Team Strange Racing announced plans to debut and run eight NASCAR Cup Series races this season. For this journey, the team has partnered with Dignity Gold LLC. Interestingly, the partnership was paid in DIGAO tokens, which currently trade on the CryptoSX and BitGlobal Exchange. The team intends to compete at Road America, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course, Watkins Glen, Daytona, the Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval, Las Vegas, Homestead, and Phoenix. This is the first major sports partnership with the security token, signaling the beginning of a very exciting future. The DIGAO token has responded exceptionally well to these news, as it is trading at an all-time high of $2.60, representing a market cap of $3.12 billion. It will be fascinating to monitor the effect that a catalyst of this magnitude will have on the token itself and the security token industry. Dignity Gold has set the tone for the year to come without a doubt. Wakey wakey, welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Bangal. Paris Hilton, the world's highest paid female DJ, is about to hit the DJ deck in the sandbox. World of Women, is this your doing? Following that, gas prices may be high in real life and inside the metaverse, but I guess Chevron knows because they are diving right in. The corporation intends to offer a wide selection of virtual goods such as fuel, gas, and renewable energy products. WTF. Up next, HSBC is going to become the first global financial service provider to enter the sandbox, and the bank will buy a plot of land, of virtual land, which it will develop to engage with sports, esports, gaming, and finance professionals. Are they throwing shade at JP Morgan? Stay tuned to find out. But lastly, Gachiverse 3D Metaverse of Avagachi launches on March 31st. And it will give the Avigachi community new ways to interact beyond Discord and Twitter. This popular NFT collection is about to make some waves. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van
Thanks, Eves, for the great Metaverse update. And now it's time for one of our favorite segments of the show, the Companies of the Week. This is where Herwig and I pick one company each that made the biggest moves in the industry and really caught our eye. So for episode 132, Herwig, who is your winner? Well, Kyle, I got to give it to IX Swap out of Singapore. They are doing some awesome things you may not know about, but we've been talking about it here on the show. They're launching one of the first ever automated market makers for security tokens. This is a big deal because for those of you who are used to trading on DeFi platforms and DEXs, this is the same technology that enables these tokens to get liquidity. Unfortunately, in our regulated environment, you can't just go and list a token willy-nilly and hope to create an automated market making system behind it. IXSwap has done the work to create this infrastructure to enable small businesses and pretty much anyone to go ahead and tokenize and trade their businesses and their property. This is a big deal because this is now officially launching on March 31st, folks. And I gotta say, I think it's awesome to not only see this technology finally get applied to security tokens, and we've seen this also work successfully with Realty and some other platforms. But more importantly, they're also gonna be enabling staking as well as a full-on marketplace and catalog of tokens for people to buy through this mechanism. So for that reason, uh, IXSwap, you're my company of the week. Makes perfect sense. They're working with regulated entities to make this happen. This is that really cool blend of the innovative technology while still being responsible and compliant. I think it's fantastic. High five. So now let's talk about my company of the week, who um, it's a smaller issuer. It's someone that you may or may not have heard about. Megan has covered it on her new STO segment before, but I wanted to give them a shout out because I know from personal experience in our process through the Security Token Market Crowdfund that it is no easy task in, in launching this process and, and doing things successful. Really, We're still not even through that process. We're still in the testing the waters period now. And so I wanted to shout out La Boulangerie, who is fundraising through the Stalker platform. Who Stalker has been incredibly successful. They've helped Blockstream raise a ton of money. They've helped Infinite Fleet raise a ton of money. Arnaud Nasgar and the rest of his team have been tremendous out in Europe. And La Boulangerie is one of their newest clients. They're a bakery based in the UAE, and they were looking to raise a million dollars, see if they could raise a million bucks to, to build a bakery and scale up their operations. And they've officially reached their 25% goal. So they've been able to raise 25% of that. It seems like it's a family-owned business. And I just wanted to say that we're rooting for you, La Boulangerie. Congratulations on your success so far and let's get through that finish line keep pushing that's awesome that's a great choice Kyle we got to remember that there's issuers of all kinds out there including bakeries out of UAE looking to find investors I think that's an awesome spotlight with that let's head into the main topic all right and with that it's time for our main topic for episode 132 here of the security token show this is actually our first multi-part main topic series over the next couple of episodes, we're gonna be breaking down real estate. Because let's face it, everyone knows that real estate is illiquid, it's primed for disruption, and it does seem to be one of the quickest industries to adopt blockchain technology as a whole. We've seen large properties here in Miami be acquired for millions of dollars worth of cryptocurrency. We've seen actual issuers here in South Florida selling dozens and, and hundreds of real estate properties via security tokens, and we've 
we've seen everything else under the sun. So in order to keep this organized, we're actually gonna do it in three parts. The first here of this episode, we're kicking it off with security tokens. How can you invest in real estate? How can we really build this ecosystem? From there, we're gonna dive into digital payments as well as digital property rights and all that kind of stuff, understanding how companies like Proppy and others have been so successful in the NFT space with real estate. And then finally, we're kicking it off with maybe the, the conceptually most difficult idea, especially for real estate experts, and that is metaverse real estate. What does it mean to have digital property? How does that work? And, and where do all these other pieces fit in? So without further ado, Herwig, I want to kick it over to you, our resident expert here. Let's talk about security tokens and real estate. I love it. I love it. Web3 meets real estate. We're going to cover it all in three parts, starting, of course, with our favorite topic, Security tokens. Now we've got a lot of content on this, so you know I hope many of you will catch up, but I'm still gonna try to keep this rather simple and focus on a lot of the features of what security tokens do for real estate. But first, let's go through the process because we're not talking about using blockchain on the physical level. We're saving that for next week. This is where we're talking about title, talking about transactions, using cryptocurrency and other things. Today, now we're focused on actually securitizing the asset itself and using tokenization to create a security token and enable a host of new benefits that come about. And this process looks a little bit like this, Kyle. Tell we me. have a property together that we own, and we say, you know what, like, we wanna sell some of it. We go ahead and we take that property and we actually assign the deed over to an LLC. This LLC is commonly referred to as a special purpose vehicle, but it is essentially a business entity with a sole purpose of managing our property. It's like a shell company. Exactly. Okay. Now our shell, we're gonna take that and we're gonna take its shares, and what are we gonna do? We're gonna tokenize them, of course. And with that, we now have our security tokens that we can enable potentially through a host of different private exemptions, access to investors all across the globe to our property with instead not having co-ownership on the deed, but co-ownership in the company. Right. And thus, we have securitization and tokenization, and we have real estate security tokens. So really, you're buying a business interest that that owns the real estate property outright 100%. Correct, you right. nailed it. And actually that does a lot of different things. The first and foremost of which I don't think most people consider is the fact that the property itself is likely to never suffer from uh, sales, property sales tax mm. ever again. Why? Because whenever you and I, let's say you weren't a part of this and now you wanna buy some of my tokens that I said, look, I got a really nice house, it's really worth a lot. Uh, maybe it's potentially even producing some kind of an income from a tenant I have in my guest room. You want to buy some of my tokens and I simply sell you shares in my company, right? Mm. I'm not selling you the deed or a piece of the but deed. The house isn't changing hands. The house is right? not changing hands. Simply the ownership within the overlying entity, really, uh, that owns the property. And that's a pretty big deal if you think about it. Now you're creating a whole new sale method that is circumventing what is expected to be sort of a traditional sales process for a loophole, if you will. Now, moving on, we've of course got the fact that you have with this entity an accountability layer. So actually when you're investing into the idea that, hey, I'm just gonna go tokenize my home for willy-nilly purposes, you might be worried about who that homeowner is, how they're taking care of it, what accountability do they have? Well, in this case, when it's owned by an entity via a security token, we're actually talking about real fiduciary duty. We've got someone that is somewhere in place managing this entity. They probably are getting a small piece 
of the management fees or their, their gains for providing this value. And they're making sure that that underlying asset is taken care of, that the governance for investors is managed and the compliance is all there. Hmm. It's a pretty big deal when you're making an investment, especially from your computer from maybe across the entire planet. And it allows a historical record over a long period of time. And we're talking 30, 40, 50 years. You can see a full track record of not only the individual asset, the property of where, who's owned it, how it's been taken care of, but you can also do credit checks more efficiently as well because now you can see exactly which real estate owners were taking care of their properties and how they performed over time. So you can get a better understanding of who you're engaging with in business as well as how that property or how those assets are moving and how they're failing. When you're investing, look for that account layer and it can help you out a lot. And of course, when you are investing, that's the beautiful thing about security tokens in real estate. Typically, especially for foreigners, it is very difficult to invest in, say, U.S. real estate. It was commonly considered some of the most premium real estate, one of the best asset classes in the world. And now, thanks to security tokens, we're seeing countless platforms and real estate brokers digitize to enable foreign investment into local properties through the exact same method that we just described uh, via security tokens. Super, super cool. Yeah, we've seen this really take the world by storm. Companies like Realty have issued hundreds now of properties on chain. These are real US properties that are being sold to international investors and they are flying off the shelves like hotcakes because of the fact that international investors want access to US real estate, want to get paid in US dollar dividends and do not have the ability to just purchase an, a house outright or just purchase any of these properties specifically and directly and Holy. So doing this fractionalization perspective lowers Huge. the barrier of entry for anyone to participate while still allowing for that liquidity and the, the flexibility of an investment the way that we see with security zones. And it works both sides too because as a seller, now I don't actually necessarily have to do a wholly owned purchase. I can actually just sell a portion and continue to benefit from my early investment, if you will, or I can even contain control and still again benefit from that fractionalization. But the purpose of all, I think the biggest benefit that kind of brings all of this together is the fact that now that it's a real estate token, we can bring it to a market. Perhaps like my company of the week, IX Swap, it'll be super easy to potentially find some liquidity, or there will be marketplaces all around the world, exchanges, brokers, et cetera, that will enable it possible for you to find liquidity via your token. And when there is a market that isn't just a buyer one-to-one -one like we see with NFTs, for example, very similar with homes. You're doing these over-the-counter direct uh, transactions, and now suddenly you're enabling a whole market, which per your fractionalization comment actually makes it possible so that fairer value can be enabled because there are more buyers that are coming to the table and saying, hey, 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 this price is far too low. I'll definitely take that. Or, hey, this is way above market. I definitely am not touching that. When there are more people in the market able to voice their opinion and participate and create that liquidity, that's a very powerful thing for real estate altogether. That's absolutely right. And, and when I look at it from the other side, from an investor, from, from those perspectives, if you wanted to participate in buying or investing in U.S. real estate. I mean, right now, the normal investment strategies just aren't that viable realistically, right? We mentioned the fact that if you wanted to actually own the property outright, you'd need to purchase the entire property, which means putting up a certain amount of collateral, getting a mortgage or getting a loan and acquiring the property or buying it all in cash if you're able to do so. But again, for most people, not practical. Not only is it not practical because you, know, you don't want to put up a couple hundred thousand dollars, but in a lot of cases for commercial properties, these are millions or tens of millions of dollars in order to acquire these properties to get that stable rate you might be looking for. So that's 
that's just not practical for for most people. And then you've got REITs, right? These examples of funds that buy big pieces of portfolios or buy big pieces of real estate for their portfolio, excuse me, and then they fractionalize it in a similar way that we're talking about here. But again, these are portfolios of, of baskets of assets you don't have any control over. Not only are there very limited access to public REITs that are actually there available, you know, there's some malls, there's some commercial you know, examples, but there's not a ton of opportunity here. You certainly can't pick individual properties like we're seeing in the security token space. But then also private REITs are notoriously illiquid. Not only are they not super transparent, but a lot of them die, a lot of them overpromise returns, and they just tend to not be the most successful investment vehicles. And those are really your only options to get exposure into real estate and that sector here you know, with the current vehicles again, that are afforded. Digitally via your computer, that's a whole game changer. In fact, you mentioned commercial real estate and, and REITs and all that. They will absolutely get tokenized and they even benefit from a bunch of their governance and inefficiencies. When you invest in, say, a REIT and you get a dividend, this has to be a manual process that someone on their team is taking care of to make sure, okay, Kyle owns X amount and Nick owns Y amount and I own Z amount, and now they're manually going ahead and, and sending me the, the, you know, however we receive our dividend. Now, in this case, we can actually programmatically send dividends, and as the tokens change hands regularly, we can still programmatically, instantaneously, automatically send that dividend out to everybody at the click of a button by just one person. That's a much, much better way to distribute dividends, and actually a much more cost-effective way, too. 100%. There's just so many benefits. I think there's only one left for us to talk about, Kyle, Jump and on that it. is collateralization. Ooh. So now that we've taken the whole ecosystem and we've got our properties all tokenized as security tokens, we've got them liquid, we've got them receiving dividends, we've got them going around, we've got transparency and accountability, this makes it super easy for lenders to jump in and say, hey, Kyle, I'll take your tokens and give you a loan against those. And if you go ahead and default, I'll take those tokens and sell them. And this can be done now on a fractional smaller level as well as to a much larger level. So taking advantage and collateralizing real estate is very common practice, but not available to everybody and very difficult and typically only left to the banking services. And now it's much, much easier for lenders to go ahead and create a more fair market, which means better terms for everybody and better access to capital. So overall, we're talking about hundreds of trillions of dollars, folks, of real estate. That, that's why we started with this as our first topic, because we believe security tokens will have the biggest impact as Web3 meets real estate. And I want to stress that this is all happening now. We have hundreds of real estate tokens trading right now on secondary markets. We've got millions and millions of dollars worth of assets that are in the primary fundraisers right now. You can read all about that in our report that we just put out. But then also the collateralization piece. This is not future thinking. Realty is already working with Av. They have their RMM, their real estate market maker. You can already get up to 75% collateralization on your real estate equity that you've purchased. This is all possible today. It's in the early stages for sure, but this is not theoretical thinking. The time is now. So if you have questions about any of this stuff, of course, you can reach out to Kyle and myself directly via social media. We actually also have a Ask a Token Advisor monthly webinar. It's the first Wednesday of every month. You can go register for that and ask questions there as well to our entire consulting team. And of course, if you have questions about the entire show, thoughts, feedback, suggestions, 
reach out to us, follow us on Security Token Market. We're available on all social media channels and stomarket.com for the latest data, the latest news, and all things security tokens. Like, comment, subscribe, share the love. Please send it to your friends, your family, anybody that wants to learn more about blockchain, and we'll talk to you next week.